0: Welcome to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com.
1: For our latest Burn News podcast, I'm joined by Richard Schutz, the Executive Director of the Bermuda Casino Gaming Commission. Uh, Many thanks for spending some time, Mr. Schutz. Firstly, just for the Burn News uh, listeners who might not know, can you quickly and briefly explain your role? and that of the Casino Gaming Commission. In
0: 2014, at the end of the year, the uh, the legislature passed an act known as the the Casino Act, and uh, it authorized up to three integrated resort casinos on the island. Uh, The following February, they appointed three commissioners to that position, all local individuals from the island, and in May of, of 2015, they appointed two more, I was hired in September as to really be the administrative head of the project and so I'm involved in in essentially running the effort to introduce up to three integrated resort casinos on the island of Bermuda.
1: Um, Thank you for that. You mentioned uh, the act that was passed that set up the Casino Gaming Commission. Um, Has that legislation uh, proved to be okay for Bermuda or have you found you've had to make any changes?
0: I have actually made a large number of changes. I think that the selection of the the Singapore Act to be our model was a little bit strained. First of all, one wants to remember that Singapore is an island of 6 million people Mm -hmm. and whereas we have Mm 60,000 here. Singapore has 15 million airline arrivals here where we have less than 600,000. It has a very different attitude about discipline and policing and and, and and whatnot. One notes that we in Bermuda don't cane people for offenses. Right. We don't fine people a thousand dollars for chewing gum and things of that sort. So we have a totally different approach to uh, the role of the police and society and the discipline that's imposed upon it. And. Um, and, and so that brought about certain changes. It's also the case. The Singapore Act took seven years. For the last several years, it had one hundred and ninety regulators and cost about thirty million dollars a year. and And I'm more than willing to use the Singapore Act, but I need about twenty eight million more dollars and about one hundred and eighty five more employees. I, I think what we've tried to do in making enhancements or amendments to the act, is to make it smarter and more efficient so that we can get it done with a lot less time, a lot less money, and a lot less people, yet maintain the integrity of the process.
1: So what are some of the key changes you've had to make to the legislation?
0: Well, some of it was just just simple language things. The, the main thing is, is I think there was a, there's just a tendency of the Singapore regulatory agency to look at everything every contract, every employee. Our model is one where we put a much more accountability onto the operator themselves. That is, we will license the company and its key personnel and then help hold that company responsible for making sure the rest of it's in compliance. And one of the ways we ensure that it's the rest of it's in compliance is we will audit their efforts. Right. So it's mainly a, just a whole different sense of accountability. In Singapore, the regulators are making sure everyone's behaving what we are going to do is we're going to make sure the entity is behaving and the entity is responsible for maintaining this component's parts and we will ensure that compliance by audits.
1: So has that slowed down the process of getting a casino to Bermuda? Absolutely. But by how much?
0: Well, we've, um, we've been spending quite a bit of the time since December on, on this process. We've submitted the, um, the uh, desired amendments uh, to our minister at that time, it was Sean Crockwell. Mm-hmm. He embraced them and said he would support them. He told us. Since that time, we had lost uh, Minister Crockwell, and had an acting minister, Gibbons. And I met with him, and we began to discuss this. And now we've just come to understand we have a minister Fahey, so we're starting up that process. Starting the process again. all over again. So it's um, it, you know, it certainly hasn't been. Um, Three ministers in four months has not been a a model of efficiency for us.
1: So if that's slowed things down and you're starting the process all over again, when do you actually expect to see your first casino here?
0: Well, we really aren't starting it over again. We've made the amendments to the Act and we have began to develop a regulatory package and we've developed a regulatory package that is... um, we're basing that regulatory app, package that the legislature will approve our amendments mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. hoping that goes well when we will see a casino is somewhat dependent on when we get those changes That's approved. What I'm saying, yeah. so, so we are right now kind of waiting for the government to assist us if you know by, by passing these amendments or otherwise if they insist that we follow the singaporean act i would anticipate It's going to be a much longer, much more expensive and much more labour consuming activity.
1: So you started talks again with Michael Fay, the new minister. Have you been given any indication of when the amendments might be tabled?
0: Uh, no, I haven't. I, I, I think uh, we had one meeting with him. Uh, then he left the island. Mm-hmm. I believe he's going to be back shortly, and we're going to get together and start talking.
1: So, in terms of the expense, if they stick to the Singaporean model, how much how much extra expense do you anticipate?
0: Oh, to to do it like the Singaporean model, uh, I can only use Singapore's numbers, and and it's. You know, like I said, thirty million a year, two years before even the first casino opened.
1: Thirty million a year to right. run the, the commission, or right. their equivalent of the commission. And,
0: and they had too the advantage of the Singaporean police, which is a pretty sophisticated international police force.
1: Uh, it's uh, if they did that, you're going to have to raise the revenue from somewhere. That's kind of going to negate the, the tax revenues, isn't it? Presumably, because well, presumably well, your revenue they, would come from the casinos. Uh, but at 30 million a year with three casinos, it doesn't exactly make it cost effective, does it?
0: The two casinos in Singapore currently are doing about 6.4 billion dollars well, okay. a year. <laughs> there's a bit revenue. of a drop
1: in the ocean. Okay. It? So was a <laughs> drop
0: in the ocean for them. The casinos on this island are not going to do a fraction of yeah. that. I mean, we have 1% of the population. You, you know, you can do the math. So we have to, in my opinion, be more efficient with the way we do this, or, or it's going to be a strain
1: fiscally. A strain fiscally? Probably too much of a strain, i thought. Sorry, Mr. Shoes is nodding his head there, just <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> or shrugging his shoulders, whichever one to do it. Okay, well, that's, that's very interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the, um, how the government uh, moves with, with these amendments. Obviously, you want them to move with a great deal of speed.
0: Well, we believe, I mean, who we represent here is we believe that one and I've gone on record on this a number of times that the casino, integrated resort casino experience has the potential of generating hundreds of jobs
1: you're good at saying a thousand I think
0: I've said up to a thousand yeah. right and more importantly we believe that 90% of those jobs can be for Bermudians and so that's that's our constituency, we're mm-hmm. representing those people and that's why we're in a hurry and so we hope we get the support of everybody that can help us to get there quickly.
1: I'm kind of jumping ahead in terms of the question I wanted to ask. But you, you mentioned up to a thousand jobs, you, you mentioned 90% of those should be could be Bermudians. Um, has, any, or has any effort been made uh, to actually set up a training course for these Bermudians for, for these jobs? Uh, you, you were, I think, in talks with Bermuda College last year. Has anything come of that?
0: We are continuing meetings. We have established, or we're in the process of establishing, and had a meeting last week, as a matter of fact, an ad hoc advisory council. We're meeting with, shortly, more of the people from Bermuda College, and so that process is in the works. It is in the works. Yeah, absolutely, and we're also developing, when we were developing the, the tax and fee schedule, that we develop a funding mechanism, because you can talk about training all you want, but if you don't have a funding mechanism for it, it's just a pipe dream. So we're developing that into the possible right. amendments to the act.
1: I see, okay. All the more reason, then, not to follow the Singaporean model, because if you're asked for the casinos to contribute towards the training, the cost is going to become exorbitant. Yeah, well, the, yeah. Um, any idea of a timeline for that as well? I suppose it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because because of the amendments, are going to hold things up. Well, on well there's
0: a lot of things that, that do it. Here's my commitment: we get one opportunity to do this right. If we make a mistake, it's going to damage the island in, in, in a great many different ways. And so, we want to make sure this is right. And this is a complicated process. You know, we need to make sure that we have a very good way to test the suitability of all of the potential applicants. We need very strong internal controls to make sure that as money flows through these institutions, it's protected. We need game integrity controls, which are very difficult in in the modern technology that's in the gaming world right now. We need to ensure that we have ways that the tax revenues are, that are generated, mm-hmm. the fees are appropriately accounted for and collected, and we need protections for the vulnerable and even the vulnerable piece. That's a huge developing area. So there's just a lot to do, and we need to get it
1: right. Oh, again, I was going to touch on the on the vulnerable. Is part of your role, uh, the commission's role is to protect the vulnerable. Um, what kind of discussions have you had on that so far?
0: We brought from outside, uh, from UCLA, one of the leading researchers in the area of problem and pathological gambling, and she came to the island and, and, and she made a presentation. We invited the cabinet, we invited the uh, opposition leaders and, and a great many different people from the community, recovery community. We're currently in the process of developing a, another ad hoc advisory council of, of leading people in the recovery uh, community in the island, what we're looking to do is we're, we want to have a vibrant exclusion program. That means if someone chooses not to be able to participate in the gambling, that they cannot enter the facility or they will be asked to leave if they do. They can't be mailed, you know, incentives mm-hmm. to attend, things of that sort. They can't do credit transactions in the casino. We also want to make sure before we open the first casino that we have trained um, treatment providers in the island, and, and the, so we want to have a hotline. And, and this is a funny thing about Bermuda we can't put the hotline on the island because if someone picks up the phone and says, I have a problem, it's highly likely they, they could be talking to their cousins. So we yeah, like can route the, the, uh, yeah. the, that through a US channel mm. and then bounce it back to Bermuda on it. And we've solved that on a technology. So we'll have a hotline if someone has a problem they can find out how to get treatment for that problem, we will have exclusion, we will have a marketing budget to ensure that people know what the hotline number right. is, mm-hmm. and, and we will have imposed upon the operators a need to establish what are known as responsible gaming programs. That is, there will be key people in the property. If someone says, I have a problem, they can go to these people, they can get the appropriate literature and that sort.
1: Okay, you mentioned uh, exclusion, mm-hmm. uh, and people can say, please, please exclude me. Um, would I be able to say to my 18-year-old son, for instance, please exclude him?
0: I am very much against the... Uh, the and one of the amendments I'm asking for is that you can't have third-party exclusion. And the reason for that is, is severalfold. Very few jurisdictions do that. The head of the National Council of Problem Gambling in the United States does not advocate it. And the problem, and, and, and I don't... is, is this... If, say, a wife is to tell her husband that you can't, you know, to to initiate the process, that can cause some real strains in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And, And if that guy is with his buddies and can't go attend the casino because his wife has told him, that can present certain challenges. And it's also the case that the wife could get him off the list and one worries that he's not going to... Potentially threaten that individual to get to tell her to take his name off the list. I just don't think it's a good program. It hasn't been tested. There's no evidence to support or suggest it works. And so we're going to go with the tried and true exclusion. And, and you'll find in just about any type of and and, and problem gambling is not a character flaw. It, it is a disease. It's a disease. Yeah, it's like it alcoholism. Needs to be addressed, addressed like that. Yeah. And if you find out what works best, it's when the individual admits he has a problem. Telling someone you've got to stop drinking, telling someone you've got to start gambling is not a good treatment modality and, and methodology. And it just, I don't think it works
1: personally. So you're confident these, these, uh, the protection for the vulnerable will be in place before the first casino opens?
0: I am absolutely comfortable. And, and, and look, <laughs> we will be probably the most responsible industry on this island. And two, you have a problem gambling situation now. I had the head of the National Council of Problem Gambling in the United States call me because they're getting calls from Bermuda. You have a great deal of gambling taking place on this island now, and it's unregulated and it's oftentimes illegal, and that's one of the benefits of what we do. We provide by making all that legal and legitimate. We also provide protections for the vulnerable. We think that's important.
1: So the protection you're offering for the vulnerable through the casinos. You, you mentioned these guys in the states are getting calls already. Would that embrace all the gambling areas, or would that be open to anybody?
0: Well, one would think if 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 we have a you know if we have treatment providers here that are skilled and trained on how to handle issues with problem and pathological gambling that it would benefit all the different
1: sectors. Mm. Um, You said in the past that there's been robust demand for applications. Um, Can you say how many applications you've had? Uh,
0: This was for the designated site process and we've had 11 of those those picked up and and we've had a number returned and and we're going to have a number more. It's a complicated process.
1: When you say designated sites, so what kind of sites uh, have they been asked to? Uh, what kind of sites have asked to get a, a license?
0: Well, typically they are resort casino mm-hmm. environments that qualify. You know, you need 200 rooms. Um, what well, is that the minimum? If, is it for an existing? Uh, you have to have 200 rooms for an existing resort, or if it's going to be a new resort, you know, you have to have a big footprint. So most people can, I think, successfully guess. As to who the, the usual suspects are. So
1: they're all hotels. There's nothing else.
0: No, it can be it can be real estate.
1: That's what I mean. But uh, the applications you've had for designated sites are they all hotels or have they been real estate? Both. 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 Okay. So um, um, am I right in thinking that somebody's going to is looking at building a casino
0: in the context of an integrated resort? Right. You know, we will not allow a box of slots here. You, right. you, you know, someone can't just build a, a casino and says, I, I, "I'm in business." It has to be done as an integrated resort, which means you have to have okay. a hotel component, yeah. you have to have probably a retail component, pools, beach clubs, golf, things, different things I to see. make it an okay. integrated resort. All right, so
1: I won't be able to walk into a casino on Front Street. No. Right. Okay. Fair so how close are we to getting a first casino? In, bearing in mind. Your, your, your draft amendments, etc. If everything went smoothly for you, uh,
0: I believe that um, to have a casino potentially open in 2017 is not an outlandish wish if things fall
1: right. In time for the America's Cup, I know the, the previous well, like, minister Sean Crockwell said he want, He was hopeful of getting in time for the and, America's and, Cup. And,
0: and there's a lot of 2017 after the America's Cup too.
1: But he was hopeful to get one before the America's Cup. Is that a likelihood?
0: I don't think it's a likelihood, no. I think, number one, to put a, a, try and have a casino opening in and around the time of the America's Cup when this island is going to be under is probably its most severe stress ever experienced in its history in terms of traffic and, and complexity is, is problematic. And I, we just can't get that done. A lot of people have made a lot of predictions that didn't understand the fundamental processes that needed to be undertaken to do this right. And our obligation is not to do it fast, it's to do it right.
1: I, I can't see that I suppose as a degree of uh, impatience, I would imagine, especially with the promise of lots of jobs.
0: Absolutely, but if you look at, again, the Singaporean process, that took seven years. Seven years if you look yeah. at the Massachusetts process, that's going to take about seven years. This so that's seven
1: say. years from legislation being being passed to the opening? Get a, right. to the opening?
0: So these things take a while. Now, we believe we can do a, a great deal more uh, quickly than that. If the
1: amendments get passed. But we certainly. need
0: some support with regards to, on the, on the legislative side.
1: Um, in terms of the revenue from gaming, um, do you, does the Commission have any control over the level of tax that is set, or do, does it make recommendations?
0: We will make recommendations. And if one looks at the bill... Okay. And if one looks at the discussions surrounding the bills, the two public policy goals that have been articulated are an increase in investment mm-hmm. and an increase of employment. That's right. There's not an increase in revenues for for the government. Now this 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 industry will not cost the government anything no. and will generate, I believe, certain revenues to government, but governments need to be careful about what they want. If you want increased employment and if you want increased investment, you better have it business friendly and have a lower tax rate. As you raise that tax rate, you eliminate the potential of that industry to invest and to hire employees. Not just that so,
1: industry, any industry, because you're taking more revenue out.
0: That's right. And, and, and so it's important, and a lot of jurisdictions get confused as to, they try and do too much, mm. and, and they end up creating kind of this weird... A camel when they're trying to design a horse. So, would your recommendation to be to keep the taxes low? Absolutely low. And I think that we have a lot of potential to be attractive to the East Coast operators. When there, they have sixty and seventy percent tax rate, outlandish or sixty percent tax rates. Fifty-five in Pennsylvania, sixty-six in Maryland, very high tax rates. We're hoping that will be attractive to some of those operators to possibly locate here and bring their higher-end players over here.
1: Which. I just, We'll leave you on to something else, but I just want to talk about the tax So What would you recommend in terms of a tax rate? I would
0: recommend, my recommendation would be a 10% tax 10%. rate, uh, which is a little higher than Nevada's and a little higher than New Jersey, but it would put us on the lower, more business-friendly environments.
1: And that still raise significant revenue for the government, would it?
0: One would think. It's, it's not going to solve...
1: No, it's part of the revenue. The 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 fiscal crisis
0: of of this country.
1: So, just going back, you you were talking about keeping the low tax rate, keeping the tax rate lower to attract um, some of the operators in the states. Have they uh, have they already expressed interest in Bermuda?
0: I have uh, met with uh, five or six personally of of the bigger operators. We have had an operator on the island. I am uh, planning on meeting with more. uh, And. and, um, you know, we hope something will come with that. You know, in an ideal world, we'd like somebody with a nice brand. We would like somebody that's established, uh, the, the, with their competence in terms of being institutionally smart about money laundering and, and having a culture of compliance, because that'll make it a lot easier to to legitimize ourselves for the banking community, which is one of our challenges mm. and mm. things of
1: that sort. So these people you're seeing, they're, they're going to be working hand in glove with the existing hotels or the new hotels?
0: One would think, yes. Uh, it, it, I think it's our goal to, to bring in a known brand, and that's mm. always the case. I mean, if it was Jeremy and Richard's Casinos, that's not... But you can, you can, know, if it's a big name, that's going to mean something. It Brands can, mean things.
1: Do, yeah, they, they give you a sense of security, don't they? Um, reading about gaming across the world, I mean, obviously there are different areas of success, but also... There seems to be a sense that um, casinos, yesterday's uh, entertainment, we read quite a lot about casinos in the U.S. shutting down, for instance. Um, Is this kind of a bit too late? Uh, I don't
0: think it's too late. First of all, the 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 stories about the casino shutting down are particular stories, like New Jersey, Mm. and that's not a macro er difficulty, a macroeconomic problem. New Jersey is impacted because Pennsylvania legalized, and people from Pennsylvania used to drive to New Jersey. They quit driving. Interestingly enough, they used to drive to New Jersey to pay New Jersey's people taxes. Now they stay in Pennsylvania to pay their own taxes. And, and so there's regional market disturbances, but the overall macroeconomic scene shows casinos growing in the United States. You see massive growth in Asia. South America is exploding now. Brazil is going to be the big next big market. Uh, so I think no and and in England you've gone really heavily with um, uh, internet applications Uh, I think the brick and mortar model is still very strong especially in the resort context
1: that's that's a very good point could the brick and mortar uh, process here extend into internet applications
0: we are hoping and again we need some amendments here is one of the troubles with an island model is that there's things to do during the day Mm. okay you have sailing you have the beaches you have swimming you have golfing they come back they shower they prepare for dinner they go to a nice very great dinner and then they go to the casino so it's around 10 30 at night they go to the casino and about one o'clock they're done so you have a very short window we believe that we can we have the technology available to ring fence the resort and allow certain mobile applications so we could have a lounge where you could that would be restricted to adults where you could have gambling on mobile applications. We could have two pools on a resort. One of the pools would be for adults only, and one would be families. And one could sit by the pool and on the mobile application play a slot or a blackjack or make a sports bet or whatever. And and we believe that that extends the revenue potential of, of the resort, and it has great protections. And that's not Internet. That would be intranet. Right. would okay. be restricted to the resort right. okay. and, and the technology is really good, it's called geofencing and you can geofence it to the resort and also have dead spots so if you have a coffee shop where you might have kids in, people couldn't do it there and you can even do it by altitude, you can say the second floor, none of these devices will work, okay, but on the third true, floor yeah. they will So
1: again, that's formed part of the amendments that you put forward has it? We have an e-gaming e- provision in the bill But that wasn't in there before? No Okay, um, so Future looks good for gaming in Bermuda. You're confident. Well, there's only going to be three three areas. Up to that, three. Up to three, and that's quite limiting, isn't it? That is would, quite. Limiting. Would you like to see more? I don't think the island can handle more. I think whether the
0: island can handle three is is, is a bit of a struggle. In what
1: but way handle it? We,
0: we don't have a, a big population base. Again, go to the Singapore model: six million hmm. population, fifteen million arrivals by air. We have 60,000 people, 1% of the Singaporean population, and we have uh, less than 600,000. So you think arrivals, two might be or more total real- arrivals, that yeah. includes cruise ships.
1: Absolutely. So you think yeah. two might be more realistic? Uh, you know,
0: I <laughs> we will see. You know, uh, my guess is, um, well, we'll see. You know, but it can't, it can be up to three.
1: Okay, o- on that note, Mr. Schutz, thank you very much for your help. My pleasure. Okay.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Burn News Current Affairs Podcast with Jeremy Deacon. Listen at your leisure on www.burnnews.com, your 24 7 Bermuda news source.